We need more dogs. Welcome back to the greatest episode of the Shaving Points Podcast. My name is Jaden May. As always, joined by my co-host, Quentin Cresco, breaking down NFL slate for this week. How are we doing tonight, Quentin? We got some winners in the house tonight, Jay. We got winners across the board. Last week you went five and two, up two and a half units. I went four and three, up one and a half units because my two unit play and the model went nine and six, up two and a half units. Overall in the year, you are still down three point seven units, but you're you're getting hot. You've been hot. Last five weeks, you are up six point three units. I am up 4.6 units down the year. Last seven weeks, I'm up 12.4 units. We knew the tide would turn. It has. We're here. We're feeling good. We're ready to make some money. Time to get some winners. Um, one thing, Dallas Cowboys, best team in the league, Dak Prescott, league MVP. Tell yeah. me I'm wrong. Nope. Dak's MVP. I think that, that throw... That uh, deep ball was to Gallup. That that sealed it. That throw was the oh my god, this guy's good throw. Like, yeah. Um, so I have a question. Bears, count it back. Are you in a nightmare scenario yet? Like, no, Fields looking. Fields looking good. Number one overall yeah. pick. Coach looking good. See, here's the thing. Fields really isn't looking that good. Like, his stats are nice. I'll say that, but like the same issues that we've had all year with him, they're still there. He's not doing the things that I thought I needed to see from him to feel really good about going in next year with him. So I'm still sitting here saying like it's Caleb Williams or Drake May, but that's just me. So defense looking good. Does the coach still gone? If it's a rookie quarterback, I hope so. But we'll see. I've been saying on my Bears podcast since mid-season he needs to win a playoff game for me to bring him back if i'm if i'm the gm if i'm bringing in a new quarterback i need and to Phillips feel very no very what. confident that this guy is going to be the coach for the next few years and then Phillips has gone no matter what not no matter what i mean if he if he just starts doing all these things that we need to see him doing throwing with anticipation hitting throws over the middle of the field not double clutching when he sees an open guy and think overthinking it then maybe I'm more open to it, but I, I just think it's too late. Like, if he does that for four games, I don't know if I'm convinced. And I need to be convinced to be passing up on Caleb Williams or Drake May. So what's, what, do you, what do you think the value is on Fields? Second rounder. I think he can push it up to a first if he plays really well for, like, a low first. But I think he's at a second rounder right now. Saints need a quarterback? Yeah, Saints, Falcons. I mean, there's a lot of teams that need quarterbacks right now. Really, the whole NFC South. Yeah. yeah Trade him to Carolina for a first-round pick. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> All right. You just want to go ahead and jump straight in? Let's talk some Easton Stick. Easton Stick's time to shine. So, you have a Chargers team that's not going to make the playoffs again. They're stuck in Phillip Rivers' hell. Going against the Raiders, who... I guess the Raiders are kind of fun and kind of frisky, but not really at the same time. Three to zero losses, man. I don't know. I don't know how it, that almost went to overtime. In the nope. ugliest kind of way. That was so close to being zero zero going into overtime, and I was hoping for it. <laughs> Two really gross teams. Uh, we have the future Bill Belichick led Chargers playing against the Raiders. I don't have anything on this game. I mean, we have we have two backup quarterbacks. We've seen a little bit of Ed O'Connell. Easton is what he is. Kind of gross. Uh, I don't know if any of us even fun. know what Easton Stick is. I mean, I don't know if he's ever really played, but we're, we're, we're going to find out. Uh, yeah, kind of fun, I guess. My notes on this game, disgusting. Nothing to see here. I mean, the Raiders, if they start Jimmy G, maybe there, there's rumors that they might, I guess, now. Like, if they start Jimmy G, I'd, I'd like the Raiders at minus three. So if you want to take that, maybe. But that's the only thing I could even fathom here. But yeah, nothing. I want nothing to do with this one. All right, Viking Vikings Bengals. Bengals might have a quarterback controversy. I'll tell you what. Yeah, they, Browning's looking good, man. 
Yeah, I mean, they're making it easy for him. I mean, they're getting the ball in playmakers' hands, which they didn't do under Joe Burrow, which is crazy. Going into the offseason, I was all about their rookie running back, Chase Brown. Loved him coming out of college. Talked about him quite a bit over the offseason. Drafted him almost all of my uh, dynasty leagues that I'm in. Love Chase Brown. We got him the ball. He ran, what, 25 miles per hour. Looked fantastic. In a straight line, that dude's about as fast as it gets. Like, he can't really – he's not very agile. You get him a straight line and some blockers, he's going to run until the cows come up. Well, I feel like with T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and the weapons you have on that offense, there should be plenty of opportunities to get that dude running in a straight line. And they hadn't done it until Jake Browning came in. So – Maybe he's getting some help with play calling, trying to simple it down. But maybe they should just simple it down for Joe Burrow and be like, hey, throw the ball to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and this fucking team's a juggernaut, which they they never really seem to click. And then Jake Browning comes in. and Well, wasn't Higgins dealing with injuries through a lot of that? I thought he missed a little bit. But I mean, the first half of the year. I mean, they weren't weren't getting injury. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird season for the Bengals, but I mean, this is a. To me, this is a dangerous team coming playoffs. That defensive line is nothing to, nothing to mess with. There's playmakers all over the offensive side of the ball. Uh, there's guys on that offensive line. I mean, this is a dangerous, dangerous team. And I think the Vikings are dead in the water. So, I mean, it's a gross game, but I, I like the Bengals in this. I, I don't have it as a play, but I like the Bengals in this spot. Yeah, if it was three, I might consider it. But at three and a half, I'm just, I don't know. That's why I stayed away from it. I'm not going after I'm I'm not taking the hook on a backup quarterback versus another backup quarterback in this late season. And I mean, really, what ends up scaring me away is Brian Flores is so damn good at what he does, and I like I I I don't see the point in betting against him against a backup quarterback when he's he's lit up better quarterbacks than this, you know. Like so, I'm I'm staying away. We can move on two Steelers Colts meh I mean Gardner Minshew versus what Mitchell Trubisky there's so many quarterbacks out right now and the matchups are even worse than that I mean this is another game technically kind of both fighting for playoff spots so I mean it'll have a little bit of juice but as far as gambling goes I have no interest in touching this game so I look at this game see the over at 42 I'm sitting here saying India has gone over in 80% of their home games this year. Their defense is not good. Like, their their secondary is one that just can get destroyed by good receivers. Look at the other side. I see some pretty good receivers. I'm taking the over 42. I think Indy's going to stay in it. I think George Pickens and Deontay Johnson are going to go make plays. Indy's run defense isn't all that good either. I can see Jalen Warren breaking one. I see a lot of ways this game goes over. It's indoors. I mean, Indy's 29th in points allowed. Um, Only one game for Indy this year has gone below 42. I I know the Steelers' offense isn't good. I just don't think Indy's defense is any good either. And I think this one ends up being like a... I like a 24 to 20 type game or something like maybe 27, 24, 23. Like I, I just see a lot of ways this can go over. So I'm taking the over 42. Like it. Like it. Next up here, we got the Denver Broncos going to Detroit. What do you think of this one? Yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those frisky games. I mean, Detroit's kind of on a free fall right now. I mean, they got to get their shit together. The defense has got to play better. And I mean, the Broncos, Broncos are an upper trajectory right now. I mean, they're playing good football. I mean, that division is still up for grabs in the AFC West uh, with the Chiefs losing again last week. I expect this to be a fun, frisky game. Um, I expect the Broncos to score points. And, I mean, the Lions got to get their shit together, mainly on offense because, I mean, offense is the strength of the team. And you got to get this offense rolling somehow, whether it's getting J-Mo going, whether it's getting uh, Gibbs going, whether it's getting a Monroe St. Brown going whether it's uh, Sam Laporta. I mean, somebody on this offense has got to be a spark for this team, and they got to get rolling on offense. Otherwise, they're in an absolute free fall. Luckily, the Packers lost, um, so the division looks pretty winnable for them still uh, fairly easily, but they don't want to end up in a spot where they're playing the – I mean, they're probably almost guaranteed to play the sixth seed at this point, actually, so I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I – 
this this is a toss up to me to two teams that both really need wins to to keep on pushing forward. So I didn't bet this. If I did, I'd probably take the over, but I'm not touching it right now. Yeah, so Detroit four and a half point favorites here. Um total is at forty six and a half. I'm taking the over. Detroit's coming back home. They just a bit of a redemption. Like they came close to getting embarrassed a few times for the Bears game and it finally hit. I think it's gonna hit hard for them. I think their offense is gonna come out ready to go this game. I know Denver's a good defense. But I, I, I just think Detroit needs to get right on offense, and I trust this coaching staff to get them there. Um, it's Dan Campbell versus Sean Payton. Dan Campbell came up coaching under Sean Payton, so that's a, this is a big game for him. And Detroit's defense has given up 26-plus points in six of their last seven games. This defense isn't about to get right. I think the offense is going to bounce back. I, I just got done watching – a bunch of tape for the Bears O-line from that game against Detroit, that D-line isn't getting better. Losing no. a Lee McNeil was massive for them. Like the Bears center, all year. the Bears center, Lucas Patrick, he's not good. But he looked like a pro bowler against the guys that the, the Lions had out there. Like it's, they need some help on that, on that D-line and it's too late to get any. So they're just kind of stuck in the water until Lee McNeil gets back, which makes me like the over. Yeah. Next up here, Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the land of cheese. Can't eat too much cheese on the way, though, because they got a football game to play against the Green Bay Packers. Is this game important? Yeah, so, I mean, Bucks are the one seed right now in the NFC South. Packers are fighting for the last for a playoff spot right now, trying to get that six or seven seed. Uh, and, I mean... This is a must-win for both of these teams. I mean, I feel like neither one of these teams can afford to lose if they want to make the playoffs. And if you would have told me five weeks ago that this might be the most uh, important game on the schedule as far as um, future implications go, I would I would assume you were talking about number one pick implications, like not playoff implications. So... Yeah, I mean, this is another game. I mean, two teams in must-win situations. I mean, Bucks. that division's probably going to be an 8-9 and nine winner, probably, I would assume. Maybe even 7-10. Yeah. and 10. So, yeah. I mean, got to get them where you can. And the NFC is so wide open right now. There's, what, seven teams in the, quote-unquote, in the hunt. So, both teams got to get a win here. I don't, I don't. I don't have this game either, but I, yeah, I lean Packers just because I think they're better coached. But I think Bucks are the better team on paper. When I was making this, uh, making my bets today, it was Packers minus three was the spread. And I was going to take Packers minus three between when I started making my bets and doing the model, putting it all together. And when I went to actually put my bets in, it shifted to Packers minus three and a half. And I just... I didn't want that. I, I was I was not very comfortable at three. I was comfortable just barely enough to make it at three. So I was like, no. I mean, the Packers have excellent home field advantage. They always do. They've covered 70% of their games at home this year. Um, they're just a different team at home versus on the road. But Todd Bowles is a really good defensive mind. But the Bucks are missing a lot of key defenders. So it's there's a lot at play here. Um, Tampa's coming off a big divisional win. Green Bay's coming off a loss that they're going to regret. So I do think they're going to do some get right. But ultimately, I don't trust the quarterback in Green Bay enough to bet this at three and a half. And that just makes me stay away. I don't trust Lambo is Lambo just has a way of hurting me. So I don't trust betting a dog at Lambo either. Yeah. I agree. I'm staying away from it. Next up here, we got Danny DeVito taking the Giants, marching the Giants down in New Orleans. Are you a DeVito believer, Jay? Not necessarily a DeVito believer, but I think the Giants are playing well right now. I think Dayball's got this team going in the right direction. I mean, we said that last year. They started off like shit this year, and then they get a spark out of Danny DeVito, the Italian. Um, but when I look at this game, it's more about the or more about the Saints and how poorly they've been at home the past two and a half years. Um, you used to look at this uh, 
the Saints team as the superpower at home. Like, you don't want to go to the Dome. Uh, they've been pretty dog shit at home lately. And six and a half points is a lot of points for a, for a, a team that's hot right now, a team that's believing in these guys. Um, nothing really jumps off the the sheet when you look at the Giants. They're just finding ways to make it ugly and make it close. And at six and a half points, they can definitely make it close. Give me Giants plus six and a half here. Yeah, it was five and a half when I was looking at it. So it shifted a little there. Um, I ended up avoiding this, but leaning the Giants. Basically, I don't like a skittish Derek Carr. And if you've been watching Derek Carr, I don't know what you would call it. When are they going to bench him? He, he is so hurt. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, mean, he, what he, he had like, he was on the injury report for like 17 different things two weeks ago. And then he just keeps playing. It's the anti-Jameis agenda. <laughs> yeah. Big NFL is trying to keep Jameis out of the NFL. But ultimately, I just I don't trust a skittish Derek Carr against a Wink Martindale defense. You cannot be skittish against Wink Martindale. He'll kill you. So I would lean Giants here, but I'm staying away. Yeah. Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons going to Carolina. North Carolina, South Carolina. I don't know. Is anybody watching this game, Jay? Nobody's watching this game. Uh, Falcons, the Falcons had this division wide open, and I got destroyed by Falcons fans on the internet talking about how it, I thought this team would be seven and ten. Seven and ten might win the division, so I was I was correct in my opinion about your team, but. Maybe I was incorrect that I said you had no chance to win the division because you have a lot of chances to win the division. But I uh, said you were a seven win team, seven and ten win team, and that's exactly what you are. Your your ceiling is eight wins this year. Um, I'm sorry, nobody's watching this game. Nobody's watching Drew Ritter. Bijan looks slow already. I mean, the dude went from looking. Bijan went from looking like the the fastest dude in the league, the most explosive guy in the league, to a, a 10-year veteran 14 weeks in. I don't know what happened. But, I mean, what he's gotten over 20 carries or 20 touches the past two weeks. Really hasn't been able to do anything. He dropped a touchdown last week. I mean, he's already looking old and slow. And I mean, when you have a big back like that, I mean, late in the season, if, if you ride him, he's probably going to slow down. That's exactly what happened. Um... I don't know. It's yeah. kind of weird though. They, they they took like weeks where they didn't even give him the ball. You know, like yeah, it's, it's almost like they were trying to save him for this right. moment. It, it was like they were trying to save him for this moment, and then whenever they opened up the playbook and like, okay, here's your moment. He's like, uh, he, he can't do it. And well, it's a good it's thing crazy. They three other good running backs then. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, as a Bears fan, you just got to hope Falcons just find a way to pull this off i mean they should they're the better team um i i I don't think the falcons are in any danger of losing this week but like i said is anybody watching this game does anybody care no i don't think so but i'm betting it give me the falcons minus three that this number is too low maybe it's a rat who knows but carolina has covered plus three once this season the last time these two teams played they lost by 14 I don't know what has changed to make them only a three-point dog here. Like you're saying in Atlanta, you think this is a six-point spread? I I just – that seems low to me. Um, Yeah. Or, I mean, is that even right? Did I do that? Yeah, I guess so. But, yeah, I – got to think the Falcons will have home field advantage in Carolina at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, those Carolina tickets have got to be really cheap right now, and it's really not a far distance. I mean, I – your, your dad going to go to the game with 20 bucks? Like, what's he going to do with <laughs> what's he going to do with his $15 and change when he gets a suite? <laughs> I mean, I, if he's getting $5 sweets, I'll fly to Carolina. To, I, I, maybe I'll, I'll fly to Carolina on accident, though. I don't know. I'll uh, be there. I'll, 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 I'll smoke a stogie with him in the box. <laughs> there you go. But, yeah, I, give me give me Atlanta here. I just I don't see why this, this spread should be this close. I mean, I can't see – really a scenario where Atlanta is winning by less than three unless they just get upset which yeah. I can live with I think I think there there are nine and ten chance to win this game so give me Atlanta 
Next up here, got the Houston Texans without C.J. Stroud, maybe? I don't know. He's uh, a concussion protocol. Tennessee. You got to assume he's, he's out for this game. Boy. Is he out? Yeah. You, get, so you have to assume he's out. He's in, it, yeah, I mean, he's on concussion protocol. I mean, Davis Mills, I mean, he might have been a first-round draft pick if he waited a year. People forget. But, yeah, I mean, this game's almost fun. I mean, this was almost uh, Stroud boys rolling hot going into this game. Uh, playoffs are almost looking like a lock. And then that Jets defense just does what that Jets defense does and absolutely obliterates you. Knocked C.J. Stroud out. C.J. Stroud was not having a good game. I mean, we got to talk about this Jets defense as almost legendary at this point. I mean, they're going to win, what, six games this year off defense alone? I mean, it it is is wild. Zach Wilson looked good in that game, too, but we'll get to that later. Um, But, yeah, C.J. Stroud was not looking good. Got knocked out. Got put in concussion protocol. Really hurt that offense. And then they lost Nico... Then they also lost Nico yeah. Collins. He, he um, came back, didn't he? I don't think so. He not, I don't know. He's questionable. He's questionable for this week. I know. Okay. So he might be back, but like, well, that- if it's if it's Davis Mills, it's no fun. If if Stroud plays and Nico Collins plays, this goes from almost fun to fun if the Texans play well because it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a fun game if the Titans play well because it's going to be. It's going to be an ugly, muck it up, like, 6-3 game. So, I'm not you know what? I'm not betting this game. If I were, I would bet the under. I just made a decision. I just made an executive decision. I'm taking Texans money line. Okay. I don't Where's care that I got, so, let me see what that's at. Titans coming off a big win. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Tennessee's coming off a major upset on the road, coming back home against a Houston team, plus 118 on the money line, who might be without their quarterback, but D'Amico Ryan's, I feel like he's right up there with Mike Rabel right now. The, the, the yeah. proof isn't there, but like it feels like he's right in that company as far as like what he's getting out of his team. And his nothing team about Will Levis scares to, you. Yeah, Will Levis doesn't scare me. And Houston's defense has been playing well. They should be able to get some turnovers off him. I trust Davis Mills to not turn the football over, at least, and be a game manager. I, I really, yeah, I'm taking Houston money line. Executive decision right here on the like show. That. This is how like it happens, that. folks. Like that a lot. All right, next up here. Speaking of the Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 going down to Miami. Is this destiny? Yeah, uh, Destiny, a little bit. Um, Dolphins, if Tyreek's out, they're done. Yeah. He's the MVP. Second second place. He's going to come closest to winning MVP. Like, there's so many Cowboys haters out there that if Tyreek finishes the season, he might win MVP, even though Dak's having a better season than Peyton Manning was having whenever Calvin Johnson didn't win the MVP. So that'll be bullshit, but I mean, should have been Calvin Johnson's MVP. Should have been. Yeah. It was. Neither here nor there. Yeah. I mean, Tyreek's the, the best player in the league uh, yeah. as it stands. And if he's out, Dolphins are dead. I wouldn't be surprised if Jets win this game. It's later in the season. It's starting to cool down as much as it cools down in Miami. So the heat won't be as effective as it is and early in late September, even early October. Um, it'll probably be, what, low 70s? I don't even know. But, yeah, it's, it doesn't hit the same as it does early in the season. Yeah. And with with no, with no Tyreek uh, and the Dolphins quite possibly having the worst starting offensive line in the league right now, on four backups on the offensive line. If nobody else is getting healthy, I haven't really seen the injury report. But I know they were starting four backups last week against that Jets team. I think the Jets can get nasty. I think they can get after it. But there, there's so many things up in the air with, with injury concerns and everything in this game. I'm not, I'm not touching it any any different way. If, if the status quo stays as is and 
the Dolphins are missing four or five offensive linemen and Tyreek's not playing, I'll probably take the Jets parlayed with the under. But without that, with that, without all that information right now, I mean, I'm not touching this. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, you know, the I, I kind of liked the idea of like Mike McDaniel finding a way to like cover a small number here. And then I saw the spread was eight and a half, and I was like, no. No, 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 no. I want nothing to do with that. Total's at 40. I'm out. I'm passing on it. Next up here, we got the charter franchise, Chicago Bears, going to Cleveland. Not Detroit. Cleveland. Doing it for Dick. What do you think of this? Ohio. Hey, what if the Bears just fuck around and went out? If the Bears win out, they're winning the Super Bowl. I'll tell you what. I told you this the other day, and you didn't believe me. I didn't, but I'm 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 becoming a believer because I mean, we, football is fun for Chicago Bears football is fun for the first time in the last like since I don't know, I want, 2018. It's great. I want nothing more than the Cowboys to win out, the Bears to win out, the Eagles to win out, and the 49ers to win out. Give me Eagles, Bears at the link. In Philly, first week of the playoffs, Justin Fields to walk into the link, drop his dick on that stadium, and say, I own this motherfucking place, put up 50 on them, and send the and send the Eagles home early. I want nothing more than that. Because, I mean, that still has the Cowboys winning out, probably playing the Buccaneers in Tampa the first week. It has Justin Fields and the Bears going to Philly with 49ers on a bye. And that also sets up Cowboys-Bears NFC Championship game to where we can both sit there and, what, six weeks from now and be like, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> yeah. Give I me mean, Bears. I... Give me Bears in the spot. Give me Bears plus three and a half. I love this spot. I love Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has been playing incredible football. But with the way this Bears defense is playing right now, I mean, I know I know the Browns defense is good, but that Bears defense is nasty right now. Montez Sweat is an absolute animal. Plus three and a half. I think Justin Fields can make some plays on his feet. I think DJ Moore is good enough to to break a play. Um, they, they have weapons. They have weapons to make that big play, and I think their defense is enough to stop a Joe Flacco led offense with no with no real running threat in Cleveland. So yeah, give me Bears plus three and a half here. Yeah, so in this game, Cleveland is now down to their third and fourth or fourth and fifth offensive tackles on the depth chart. Like the the offensive tackle situation there is in dire straits, which is just not good for Joe Flacco. I think they're going to get the ball out quick a lot, which I think is going to help the Bears defense. But I think Jim Schwartz is going to give Justin Fields fits this game. I really do. Probably will. I mean, with with the way that the Browns have talent in the secondary, their cornerbacks are such good man-cover corners. They can get so creative with cover six, cover four, and man coverage and really make quarterbacks have to think. I think that's going to be tough on Justin Fields. But I do think they're going to get too aggressive at times, and Justin Fields is going to run all over them when that happens. Like, I think he's going to get some nice running lanes. He's going to take a lot of hits. It's going to be a rough day passing, but I think the Bears are going to put up points either way. Total here is at 37 and a half. I don't know what the hell. Like, Cleveland's gone over this number six of the last eight games. Chicago's gone over this number 10 of their last 13 games. I Either I'm an idiot or this is free money. Give me the over 37 and a half. Love it. Love it. I always take it over. I'm going to hop on that with you. Sick. To be determined. <laughs> Next up here, we got the Chiefs going to Foxborough, getting ready for a ref show here, take on the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, at this point, like, say what you want about the Chiefs. I mean, Super Bowl happened. It's a bad look for Patrick Mahomes to be bitching about calls at the end of the game, um, saying you can't call that at the end of the game when they won a Super Bowl off of a call that I felt like you can't make at the end of the game. Yeah. But. I mean, it's back-to-back weeks of, of bad calls, missed call, blatant missed calls at the end of games. I mean, I, I feel like Chiefs have kind of had, historically, during this run of theirs, pretty good 
ref luck and it's kind of starting to come back around. But at the same time, I think the Patriots are really, really bad. It came out today from a close source to the team that Bill Belichick is mutually parting ways with the Patriots at the end of the season. They don't really have anything on offense. The Chiefs need a win like no other. I mean, they they need a win more than anything right now. I think this is one of those don't overthink it. You have one of the best teams in the league going against one of the worst teams in the league. You, the best team in the league is been getting shit on for four weeks in a row right now i wouldn't be surprised uh i might take rishi rice over on all this props travis kelsey over all this props uh patrick mahomes over three and a half touchdowns uh give me chiefs minus eight and a half here i, I think this is going to be a statement game uh they need to get something done here patriots are sitting kind of comfortably right now in that number two overall pick if they lose out and they're moving on from belichick I think Belichick has a self-awareness to where he might start playing some younger guys on the roster. If it gets second, third, fourth quarter, and they're, they're already down, he's not going to, he's not going to throw everything he can at it. I mean, he's going to, he's going to do what's right by the team and be like, let me show you what we have, what y'all have on the roster because I'm gone anyway. So uh, it's, it's open tryouts till the end of the season for the Patriots at this point. And I feel like Bill Belichick knows that. And, as much of a dickhead you want to say Bill Belichick is, I think he respects every person on the 53-man roster to give everybody a shot by the end of the season as an open audition to the rest of the league. And even to himself when he takes the Chargers job in the summer. Yeah, he's, just, he's scouting for guys he's going to pick up off the practice squad over there. Yeah. Like, oh, this is a great find. Now he's, a, now he's an all-pro. Yeah, I exactly. Um, Kansas City should win this game, but on the road against a defense that's really been playing really well. I just don't trust the nine and a half number. I could see them like this I game. Eight and a half, but, yeah. I could see them squeaking it out. I think they're going to win either way, but like nine and a half is the number that I saw. And I, I just, I, this Kansas city team isn't playing well enough for me to take nine. My, and only, my only thing about it is I think chiefs are going to come out hot. And then when they come out hot and they get a double digit lead early in the game, that's when you might start seeing some fuck shit from also i think belichick wants a feather in his cap for duping andy reed one more time he'll have that chance when they're in the same division next year oh he might but he wants another he wants more than one he wants he wants all of them still maybe i'm not saying it's a bad pick i i I understand it and and i kind of like it i just don't like it enough yeah, no, I like it. I mean, Chiefs got to do something. I mean, they're. I mean, if they lose this game, the Broncos win. Like we're we're in danger mode right now as as a Chiefs fan thinking about maybe being a wild card team. So yeah, no, and like I said, I don't think Chiefs lose this game. I just don't know. Like especially for my my number that I had nine and a half. I just that number was seven. Sure. But like yeah. nine, and a, it's just a weird number for me, and I, I'd I'm gonna avoid it. Next up here, we got the Commies, America's team, going to Los Angeles take on the Rams. It's Sean McVay time. What do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, so Sean McVay and the Rams get something going right on the offense. I mean, Pukaladuka looks fantastic. Cooper Cup's looking looking great right now in that offense. Matt Stafford looking good. And all season, the commies have been able to kind of keep up in these high-scoring games. I mean, that defense, after getting rid of Chase Young, Montez Sweat, I mean, hasn't looked great. But give me the over in this game. I mean, I I think Sam Howell can put up 20, 25 points on the board. And I think the Rams are going to have no problem scoring. I think this is probably the highest over of the week. And I love it at over 49. I mean, this this is one of my favorite plays of the week. Yeah, I can see that. I I do think Washington coming off the bye – I think they could surprise here with the dead cat bounce. Like Ron Rivera is still a good coach. It hasn't been a good job by him this year, but like him and Eric Bieniemy are good veteran coaches who've been Eric around. Eric Bieniemy, future Bears coach. If 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 Eberflus is head coach, I think Bieniemy might be the OC. Huh. I, so I don't know where this story of Bieniemy jumping from fired OC to head coach came from but like I think it makes a lot more why sense why would he be fired OC because Rivera's done there Rivera's out the door yeah but 
that wouldn't be a fired Eric Bieniemy. That would be a fired head coach hiring the offensive coordinator. That was the only bright spot of a bad team. Right, but still, I, I as as your head coach, you're bringing an offensive coordinator whose entire staff just got fired. Like I just don't think that's happening. It's happened before, not that much. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty rare thing to see. I think, like, I, I think I with the way that I'll, makes I, a lot I, more sense as an OC coming to the Bears with Eberflus still in place than for him to become the head coach when you have the number one pick and tons of cap space and all these great options staring you in the face. Yeah, I mean, just go get Harbaugh. I mean, it's clear cut and dry. But anyways, back to this game. I think Washington could surprise the dead cat bounce here. I'm not. I'm not taking them to win. I think if this number was at like seven and a half, I see it at six and a half. It was seven and a half. I'd be taking Washington all day. Instead, I'm just staying away. I don't really trust either side of this matchup to be consistent week in, week out. But I do. You have no idea who's going to win this game. Washington I just like the over. What? I saw. I have no feel in this game other than I think it's going to go over. Yeah, I can see that. I, I kind of like that. Um, but so next up here, we got the San Francisco 49ers who just want to brock and roll all night and purdy every day going to Arizona. Take on Kyler Murray. Yeah. So, I mean, the Cardinals have been very, very quiet this season. They had the early win in the season against the Dallas Cowboys. Defense kind of looked good. Um, I think Jonathan Gannon and that, that coaching staff, they got a little bit of juice over there. James Connors played pretty well. Kyler coming back has snakily played pretty good football. Um, I don't know if they got enough juice to win this game, but I mean, would you be surprised at all if Kyler goes off like 37 for 43 for 403 yards and five touchdowns this game? Like, you would be shocked, but at the same time, in the back of your head, you're like, we've always known Kyler has it in him. Like, yeah. could it be a Kyler moment? Like, they, I mean, seven weeks ago, we were talking about the 49 or the Cardinals being contention for the number one overall pick and for sure taking a quarterback. And now Kyler is what, three games into the season, four games into the season? And it's almost understood, expected that if. If they're in a position to take Caleb, what uh, Caleb Williams or Jake May, they're going to trade the pick. So it's like, yeah, everybody knew Kyler was good, and then it just seems like they forgot about it. And just, I feel like everyone gets falls in love with a moment, you know? It's yeah, like, and it's like they see how good the guy is again. They're like, oh yeah, no, we're never going to do that. Like, yeah, no, but it's almost one of those things where it's like, I don't, I don't think that people in Arizona, we're probably thinking that, but more of a public perception. Yeah, yeah. And then that that idea is kind of calmed down. And I could see this being a game is like not not a whole lot of people watch. Maybe it's on red zone. And then what is is this a noon game or a three o'clock game? Uh, this has got to be later because it's at the bottom of my slate, so it's got to be like three. okay. So this is going to be the game going into Sunday night football where they're like and Kyler Murray. Former number one overall pick goes off and then they just show the Kyler highlights and like just shocking the world basically. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all to see it. I'm not saying this as a Cowboys fan that wants the 49ers to lose. I'm saying this is like truly like this is the moment you see from guys like Kyler Murray that like out of nowhere, like nobody's paying attention to this 49ers Cardinals game. Like everybody has already said the 49ers are gonna win this game. Like as a lifelong football fan, these are the games that guys like Kyler Murray win. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'm not I, taking I it. I'm not taking the game. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, no. I'm, I'm saying I have the same mindset as you on it. Like, where I'm looking at this game, I see Arizona has gone over in every home game this year. Every home game. With or without Kyler Murray. Like, yeah. This team has put up points. This team has given up a lot of points. I think San Francisco's offense is going to get whatever they want in this game. But I think Kyler's going to play keep up as long as he can at the same time. And I'm taking the over 47 and a half. I, I just I like I, I see a team that has gone over every single time they've played at home this year because their defense can't really stop anybody. And their offense is good enough to be, to be spicy. Like, give me that over. That makes all the sense in the world to me. 
I liked it a lot. Next up here, we got your Dallas Cowboys going to take on your favorite quarterback, Joshua mm. Allen and the Buffalo Bills. What do you think? Okay. So I have to make an apology here. All offseason, I said Josh Allen is Dak Prescott. And I've been saying it for a long, long time. And I got to apologize to Dak Prescott. He is. He is. Josh Allen and then some. Dak Prescott is the MVP of this league. I do not have the splits in front of me. I meant to look this up and then got tied up with a toddler going into this. But I talked about it last week. Since Mike McCarthy took over this offense, it's it's night and day. I mean, you look at the Arizona game and you look at the San Francisco game and it's maddening how bad the offense looked in those two games and early in the season when we were winning games and our defense was scoring points and everything and then in these last six weeks I mean the Eagles loss was a bad loss at Philly and but the entire team played well it was a toss-up game uh it's 50-50 game we lost that's fine but since Mike McCarthy took over play calling of this offense it's a completely different team it's completely different Dak Prescott this team is rolling. I mean, we're we were talking earlier about Tyreek Hill being an MVP candidate. If Ceedee Lamb just didn't drop balls, I mean, he might be in that same discussion as well without the numbers because the numbers didn't pick up until about week five, six, seven, or eight. But that dude is like four or five big drops away from like pushing a seventeen hundred yard season right now with. 15 plus touchdowns the dude's been and even with the drops i mean he's still probably i I don't know the exact numbers but i mean i think he's gonna catch well over 100 balls probably around 1500 yards and 14 touchdowns absolutely insane numbers brandon cooks is starting to get rolling in this offense jake ferguson everybody's been talking about sam laporta jake ferguson year two right now Looks like one of the best young tight ends in the league, if not the best young tight end in the league. He's a great blocker. People forget he's uh, Barry Alvarez's nephew. Uh, absolute legend of the game. Than TJ Hawkinson. Already better than TJ Hawkinson. I've been saying it for years. Jake Ferguson looked, I mean, and I talked about the offseason. I was like, I remember you asked me in the offseason, like, what do you like about this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. When he catches the ball, things happen. And then, like, I just never heard of him. I had no idea who he was. And I, 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 like, followed the draft. Like, that's saying something. I didn't know anything about him. I remember, I didn't know his stats. And you gave me his specific stats. You're like, he had 17 catches for, like, Two hundred thirty yards on the season, and I was like, "If you would have asked me, I would have said like fifty for six hundred. Like, completely. <laughs> his honest. efficiency was really good, though. I will say that yeah. it was like it was but, a small sample, but his efficiency was really strong. But yeah, I remember just telling you like how much I liked him, and you're like, he wasn't like on paper, like he doesn't seem like he was that good. And then you read me his stats, I'm like, well, fuck, maybe I'm an idiot. But like, dude has shown it. Like, dude has absolutely stepped up. I mean. Rico Dowdle is playing incredible as that backup to uh, Tony Pollard, who just has not been able to get it going this season. Uh, Zeke Elliott looks incredible right now for New England, which even further is my point that I hammered all offseason that if you're going to keep one of the two, keep Zeke, let Pollard walk. And if you're going to let Zeke walk, let both walk. But instead, they're paying Zeke $10 million and Tony Pollard another eleven, so they can pay $22 million to the running back position, which is infuriating. But give me Cowboys here. Give me Cowboys money line plus 120. Bills need this win badly. Bills need this win so bad. Bills need this win like the like the Seahawks need that win against the Cowboys. Bill, Bills need this more than anything. And... I think the way this this Cowboys team is playing right now, I mean, Stephon Gilmore is like playing at an all pro level right now. I mean, Perfect he's game for him too. Yeah, drafted by the Bills. Drafted by the Bills, went to the Patriots, hopped around, but yeah, I mean, Gilmore on digs. I'm assuming. I mean, Gilmore. I mean, AJ Brown got his a little bit, but AJ Brown always gets his. 
But I mean, Gilmore for, forced a fumble on him, um, and what AJ Brown ended up with like four catches for sixty-seven yards, like Not nothing, much. Not much nothing him. too crazy. And I mean, they were going to AJ Brown quite a bit in that game. Um, just gotta hope Deron Bland can can do something against uh, Gabe Davis. Gabe, who get, going for it about Gabe Davis? Gabe Davis either goes eleven for one seventy-five and three touchdowns. Or zero catches. There's no in between. That's because he runs one route. He runs a go yeah. route. And that's it. Yeah. And either it's open or it's not. And like that's why he's yeah. bust always in fantasy. It's the guy is not a good receiver. He just gets really good volume because he's really good yeah. at a go route. <laughs> he and really it, gets the details of that one down. But like everything it, else, he's just kind of there. If Josh Allen panics in this game and starts taking off from the pocket, this defensive line is going to eat him alive. This defensive line's got speed all over the field. Um, yeah, give me Cowboys money line at plus one thirty-five. Yeah, I'm staying. Away, I'm staying away from this one. If I was going to bet it, it probably would be Cowboys money line, either that or the over. Um, but I mean, Dallas coming off their biggest win of the year. Buffalo also coming off their biggest win of the year. Like you said, Buffalo needs, needs, needs to win. So that's why I'm staying away. But um, I'm excited to watch it. It's going to be a fun game. Yeah. That's not Sunday Night Football, is it? Uh, no, it's not. It's crazy. It's the best game yeah. of the week. It, it By far, far and away. Like, you have Josh Allen, who's one of the biggest names in football, and you have the biggest draw in football in the Dallas Cowboys, and it's not Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Wild. Speaking of Sunday night, we got a, pecu- a peculiar game here. It's a hard word. Yeah, peculiar. Raven at Jaguars. What do you think of this one? So, is Trevor Lawrence playing? Yeah. He looked good. Yeah. He, he looked like he wasn't injured at all, really. I mean, he was running around. Like, he was making plays. It was – he looked I mean, good. It looked as good as Trevor Lawrence can look these days. I mean, I mean, as far as a guy who's supposed to have a high ankle sprain moving yeah. on that leg. He looked good. So, if you were to break it down into fractions, how many more, like one to two, two to one, two to four, three to seven, how many more 350-yard passing games do you think Trevor Lawrence has in his, what is this, year four or year three? This is year three. Year three, almost through year three, from a guy that started day one, Trevor Lawrence has more than Jake Browning. 350, you said? Over 350. None? It's three to two. Three to two? Jake Browning almost has more 350-yard passing games. 350 is a pretty insane number to hit. And you're talking to not, a Bears fan who's like not happy really in today's age. You're talking to for a the Bears fan. We're talking three hundred is like unimaginable to me. We're, we're talking about a, a we're talking about the press that was promised, like versus an undrafted guy. And don't don't give me the argument that Trevor Lawrence doesn't have weapons. It's an insane stat to me. It, no, it's wild. It's just yeah, three. Jake Browning's done it twice. It's hard for me to judge a guy off a three fifty number. I guess like it's like Jake Browning kicked ass, but I don't expect years? anyone to have many three hundred fifty yard games. I mean, look at like, I mean, you just look up like Dak or like guys that aren't considered. Well, I mean, Dak's considered elite right now, but going into the season, I would assume Dak would have like nine or ten. I mean, so Dak has always been a yards like stacker, though. Like Dak, Dak will get four hundred yards, and no one will blink an eye because, like, that's just what Dak kind of does. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't look at three fifty like a huge number. Like, I, I, I expect a a middle. Joe Burrow or, has seven games in his career over three fifty, and he missed his entire rookie year. Seven out of fifty two. That's pretty good. Yeah, so like that, but that's not like a giant, like three versus seven. That's You're just talking a few games, and it, a lot of it's opponent-driven at that point to me. Like, I just, over 300, like, I can buy more. Well, I, what are the numbers over 300, then? Oh, I don't For Trevor Lawrence. You just looked up Joe Burrow. 
Well, yeah, I can look it up. I just don't know off the top of my head, my friend. Oh, okay. All, my, the only point I was trying no, to make no, is... Lawrence only has eight over 300. Yeah, the, the only point I was trying to make is the prince that was promised might not be the prince that was promised. He might he might be like the duke that was... Uh, the duke that was uh, pretty good. I mean, he's not that, bad by any means. I'm not... I'm not, I'm not six 300-plus yard games in the last year and a half because his rookie year... You do kind of need to throw out, if we're being honest. Um, one of the best coaches of all time was his head coach. Yeah, and everyone loved look him. What, it was look, great. Look what he did with Tim Tebow. Yeah. No, but, yeah, I mean. And I, I feel just, like Lawrence probably hasn't done what what you should have expected from him. I'll agree with I that. Mean, like, he, he, he was he compared to Andrew. Off- he, he was compared to Andrew Luck, and he's looked more like um, the the uh, Carson Wentz is the yeah. only thing. He's he's always been a bit robotic, and like even going back to his draft profile that was in there, like it was he he's a little bit too by the book on some stuff, and not as much of a creator, which I think gets him it, it does limit him some at times. Like you were hoping this year that you'd really see him take that step outside of structure and he hasn't and part of that does come down to the o-line that he's playing in front of they have been trash for him but that but that didn't stop joe burrow you know yeah so like i i understand your point and i agree with he's not he's not the difference maker that he was he was supposed to be i like him but with all that said give me jags plus three in this game um I think they, I think they really, really, really need this win. I don't think the Ravens have really taken advantage of the spot that they have in this AFC playoff run. I mean, they, we just haven't seen the Ravens take over like they should, like the team that they are. And now Mark Andrews is out, and I mean, I know Zay Flowers has been playing well, and OBJ stepping up. Yeah, but I mean, I know OBJ second stepping up, um, Keaton Mitchell stepping up, but. I like the Jags in this game to keep it close. I don't know if they win, but give me Jags plus three. I got it at three and a half, and I took the Jags plus three and a half, so I'm right there with you. My logic here, Jacksonville is just historically a tough place to play in December. The humidity there, the weather tends to really hit these cold weather teams a little hard, and Baltimore barely got by the Rams last week at home. I feel like Baltimore is a team that's just a little bit dying to be upset right now. They're, they're just hanging on that edge. And I think three and a half point favorites here. I think this might be the game. So I'm right there with you. Jacksonville needs to needs to keep winning. I mean, they, they do have a good hold on the playoff spot, but like they've had a rough stretch here and I think they really need it. Give me Jags plus three and a half. Last one here. We got the Eagles going to Seattle Gino time, Drew Lock time, panic mode. What do you think? Yeah, so Eagles have to win this game. You looked at this equal schedule five weeks ago with the Chiefs, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the 49ers on it. And as an Eagles fan, you look at that and you say, okay, if we can go two and two versus Chiefs, Bills, Niners, Cowboys, we're fine. And then when you beat the Chiefs and the Bills, you're like, "Holy fuck, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get through this four and zero. We're gonna get th- through this unscathed." And then the 49ers go in there and beat your dick in, absolutely just beat the shit out of you. And you're like, "Okay, it happens. We, we're in a gauntlet right now. We're not gonna get out of this. Like, what's one loss? We already beat the Cowboys once. You go to you go to Dallas. You don't score an offensive touchdown." Um, you get a defensive touchdown on a on an incredible defensive play, and then one of your field goals barely squeaks in, and the other one's a fifty yard make. You have to be sitting there right now. Jalen Hurts, I think I saw today he's one of the worst quarterbacks on first down efficiency as a as a thrower in the NFL right now. 
he, he's not throwing the ball at an elite level like you want a guy like Jalen Hurts to do, which he's never been that guy. Yeah, which is like which is crazy. Plan. They need to keep the ball on the ground on early downs. Like that's what they do. Yeah, and I mean DeAndre Swift's not running and the ball that, well. That honestly when, makes me wonder a little bit how much that that stat is based on game script because when they're yeah. throwing on early downs is probably when they're down big or like yeah. really, like and yeah, when, when, when they other need teams it. are like I dare you to try to throw on us exactly. But I mean DeAndre Swift's not running the ball well. Um, Jalen Hurts seems off, and we talked about it last week. Uh, who who was the one saying that like if he was the Eagles, he would bench Jalen Hurts to get him healthy? And everybody, uh, uh, David Carr, yeah, David Carr, and everybody kind of shit on him. And half of his point, I would shit on him for. I mean, I think half of his point was absolutely outrageous. But the point of let's bench Jalen Hurts. We're in the playoffs. We're a team that's built to win the playoffs. It doesn't matter if we're home or away. If we have to bench Jalen Hurts to get 100% healthy going into the playoffs, we'll take 100% healthy Jalen Hurts going into the playoffs, Take it, go to a road playoff game to Atlanta or Tampa Bay and letting Dallas get the, the two seed or the one seed, whatever it is. If we're healthy, I like my chances. I like my healthy chances better than Dallas coming to Philly or San Fran coming to Philly and a, a 60% Jalen Hurts. And I think he was 100% right in that. Because if Jalen Hurts can't get outside the pocket and scramble and get you those yards he needs, then this offense looks not very good at all. And they did not look great against Dallas. They were moving the ball pretty well. Dallas did a really good job of forcing fumbles, punching the ball out. Uh, Devonta Smith had a drop in the end zone. So, like, I will admit, like... A couple of things break the Phillies' way, and it's a different ball game. But at the same time, like so much has broke Phillies' way the past year and a half that it's bound to it's bound not to break your way eventually. Like they've had so many lucky breaks, so much injury luck. Like they haven't been hurt. They they it seems like every bounce has kind of gone their way, and. I wouldn't even say things aren't going their way now, but it's just kind of starting to creep back towards the norm. And when you creep back towards the norm, you realize that like Jen Hurts maybe is only a top seven quarterback instead of a top three quarterback. And maybe you realize that this star-studded defense that is full of veterans and a couple of overweight young guys might get tired sometimes. And if, if you're not punching them in the mouth as soon as the game starts, and people get a flow and people get a rhythm against you, they can run it down your throat. They can they can go for 400 yards against you if 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 you're not making the immediate impacts right away that they haven't done the past two weeks against Cowboy and San Fran. So I look at a team like Seattle with their coaching staff and with some of their playmakers, and if they don't go in there and punch Seattle in the mouth as soon as the game starts, they're going to be in trouble. And if they lose that game, they're going to be in absolute panic mode. So, you taking anything? No. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I mean, I think that was Philly's a gonna very be... long explanation. Yeah, but... I, I think Philly's going to be alive for this game. Like, I, I think they need to be alive for this game. They should after be. They and their asses kicked. But Seattle just overperformed against San Fran. Like, they kept that game close. And Dallas. Two yeah, weeks and in a row. Dallas. So, like, I don't like anything here, but, like, I'm leaning towards Seattle plus three and a half. Seattle's a good good home team. They've covered 70% of their games at home this year. I mean, um, think about Seattle. <laughs> they got to play – they got to go to Dallas and play Dallas. They go to Seattle and play Seattle. And now they have they Eagles do what the Eagles home. are doing. Yeah. Like, the, they had to do what the Eagles are doing now. The Eagles had to go yeah. Billy – Dallas back to Philly all the way to Seattle like that that's a I think that's that takes a toll but I mean the stretch of games the way the two teams have looked I mean you almost have to love the Seahawks in this spot yeah I, I'm only taking a lean but like I mean I I could see a world where it happens I just I just don't I ultimately I think the Eagles are gonna win this game because they kind of need to but like they should win this game question looms large like no. I, I don't know what Jalen Hurts is right now. He wasn't, I think he wasn't the same quarterback he was earlier in the season this past week. I know that much. 
I think if I think if Philly finds themselves in the dog in a dog fight, they're gonna lose this game. Yeah. But I also think they can blow this game open. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I'm staying away. Yeah. But that's all we got for NFL. Anything else we want to touch on? Uh, I mean, we had a couple of ball games this weekend. I'm going to take Texas Tech versus Cal just because I'm a Tech guy. Don't love it. Um, but next week we'll have I'll have some more some more ball games for you. Um, let's see. I don't really have nothing else. Dak for MVP, but I mean, I think he's the odds-on favorite right now. So I mean, that's nothing crazy. I think he's plus one fifty-five right now. Um, yeah. and I th- I think. Him, Tyreek, and uh, Lamar are top three. Him, Purdy, and oh, Purdy up there going into the week, but that might have changed. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean, Dak MVP, if... Montez Sweat MVP. Montez Sweat, defense player of the year. Oh, yeah. We, it's coming. Week, week, what, 9 through 17? Yeah. I'll take it. But... That's going to be it. We're not sleeping on the Texans, even though CJ Shroud's out. Love the Texans. Don't sleep on them. We're getting to the thick things. Next week, we're going to have... Next week, do you think we can predict all the playoff teams in the league? Let's challenge yourselves. Probably. It'll be three weeks left next week. And I'm pretty sure... There's going to be a good chance that, like, 27 teams are still able to make the playoffs. Yeah. We'll do so, it. We'll, we'll get it right. It. We'll, tell you, we'll tell you who's going to be in the playoffs next week. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it. Thank you. Adios. Don't sleep on the Texans. Don't do it.